You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Dig in. I don't know whose it is. (laughs) That's mine. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is all in there. Let's do it. Okay. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time old man and full-time riddled with climbing injuries. Riddled. I feel... Extra sore and extra tired. I've taken more naps in the last four days than I have in my entire life. I'd like to just interject here very quickly just to say that uh, I didn't realize how heavily injured you are, but maybe it's because you were already injured and you refuse to climb less than like five days a week. That's true. Uh, with me, as always, is my good friend and white man on the inside, <laughs> Andrew Patterson. I prefer uh, human Oreo. <laughs> there you go. Human Oreo. But with me, not as always. There's some new friends who I'm going to let introduce themselves so you can get used to their voice. Please. Well, I'm uh, I'm Sean Clark. This is my third appearance on this wonderful program, uh, and I've brought a friend. Hello, my name is Katie McLeod. Um, I'm the friend of Sean Clark. What's and up? Pardon me. What's up? I was, oh. was going to interject and just say That's that you cool. also have podcasting experience. I do. I do have a podcast called Chip Chat. I uh, save a plug to the end, please. Oh my! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. Yeah. Go ahead. Chip Chat. Uh, yeah, it's called Chip Chat. We talk about chips. We enjoy chips um, together. You and your and f- you and your friend Les. My friend Les and I do this. And what? What's going on? Nothing. Just. <laughs> uh, are you looking for a bag of chips? What? <laughs> no, just just remind me of that again when this is all over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Search for that stuff on iTunes. Pa- pl- press pause right now. Jump on iTunes and subscribe listen, to Chip listen Chat. Listen to both of these at the same time. Both yeah. Of these podcasts. Chip Chat time. and Chip you Chat gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, we actually yeah we planned them to like that record store day release. If you listen to them at the same time, the, vi- the flaming lips one. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes together. Well, speaking of records, uh, Andrew and I earlier this morning went to a record show and purchased some vinyl but we also purchased some cds for a dollar a piece uh (laughs) that we thought rather than do our normal spiel this episode we're going to talk about these cds that we bought uh and interestingly enough we're unable to play because people (laughs) don't own cd players anymore and the things that that you insert cds into don't even play cds I had a, uh, uh, when I lived in Oakville still, yeah. I had a, a CD player specifically because I still have so many CDs and bought CDs that was like a five disc changer. Mm-hmm. And I sold it when I moved and because in my head I was like, oh, CDs will be like easy to, uh, CDs will be easy to, f- like a CD player will be easy to find. It'll be cheap, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually have had a lot of trouble mm-hmm. yeah. finding one that isn't just like a, one of those like, you know, Best Buy Future Shop like boom boxes with like the crazy you know I just yeah. want a CD player I, I just a single CD player went through a similar thing where um my I, I was listening to CDs on my computer uh, my laptop 
and then uh, my laptop stopped working. So mm. I ordered uh, another laptop off of Apple, their like refurbished laptop, not thinking that they don't, because no I'm drive. like 90 years old. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> the laptop will have a disk drive, and it didn't. So I don't know how to listen to CDs anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, kind of hang out in like the folk community, and and they love CDs still. So yes. people like give me CDs all the time, and I have no idea what to do with them. Japan yeah. too. Japan is like, it's like it's still like 2003. Yeah, like unfortunately, it's, it's crazy. They love them. Sony's PlayStation Four, straight out of Japan, does not play audio CDs anymore. So. Uh, we did what most people would do, and we turned to the internet and stole the music off of um, of YouTube. But I bu- we bought it. We paid. We paid a good dollar for it, so it's mine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, f- that's what you would do normally, anyway. It'd either come with a download code if it's a record, or uh, I mean, this is aftermarket, but yeah, yeah, same diff. They got their dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, so somebody bought somebody bought the CD at yeah. one point. I think we can agree between. And we're going to talk other music as the show goes on. But between the two CDs that we bought, uh, we normally start the show with a hidden gem. And I think between the two of them, the Poco CD is probably the hidden gem. I would. Can we agree on that? A- Andrew's looking at me like I'm saying some dubious stuff right now. This is I a hot take. I personally feel like the other song, the um, Black, the Black Duck, Duck yeah. for me, that was the hidden gem. That's a gem. Okay. We for me, that was a gem. Only because it was surprising. It was surprising. Because we didn't know what I, it was. I didn't know what it was. And then when we started playing it and watching the video that accompanied it, I was yeah. okay, so pleasantly surprised. <laughs> let's let's start let's start there then. Um, wh- it, the, uh, no, we, don't, we didn't bring it over. Well, go on. So the album is called Black, or the artist is called Black Duck, uh, and the song is called Wiggle uh, something. Wiggle something. I, it's already, it already Wiggle in line. Me. Excuse wiggle me. Really made an impact. Line, but wiggle with an H. Yes. Yeah. So wiggle W H I G G. So yeah. Wiggle in line. Black ducks Black wiggle duck. in line. Uh, released in 1994, uh, and it features. A sample question mark of uh, <laughs> the hit single Saturday Night. It was a hit. Yeah. yeah. We're a little like campfire sesh here. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Dance Mix 93? Was that was big on? 94. 94. So I'm going to assume came it's 94. Out in 94. So, mm. so I'm assuming that Saturday Night was either 93 or earlier. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. It, it was November 93 and then re-released in 1994. Oh. Where it experienced wil- worldwide success. Is this all Euro? Like, I know the Black Duck is from Europe. Uh, was Saturday Night also European? Like, Yes, Spain. Well, I think Spain. Spain. It, it's, okay. it definitely feels like, um, I remember around that, t- I mean, I didn't know this at the time, but as a young, uh, as, as a young lad whippersnapper getting these cds like buying dance mix cds and big shiny tunes and things of that nature like a lot of the dance music that was on dance mix cds is now if you listen to like a new euro compilation yeah like euro dance you know or eurovision like that like that's what it's if you go to the charts on like beatport.com and you're like, oh, I want to see what's going on in the world of like Euro. It still sounds so similar to. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, not all of it, but, but like, yeah. it's definitely like a a lasting genre for them. Yeah, it's like, like you know, music evolves and changes. And I, when I think of like electronic music, I think of all of these phases it goes through. But like some of those, 
it's interesting how those phases kind of like get taken out and set aside as like this is a genre now and like people mm-hmm. are going to continue mm-hmm. making new music that sounds like this this kind of like that so yeah. what north america's looking for europe has already found is what you're saying that's it <laughs> hey, yeah br- just knocking knocking down all of these these uh so first released in spain uh written by uh or produced by a few italian folk okay this uh and uh, the black duck back to the original uh subject in question was produced by the same producers hey guys koji here sorry we had a bit of a technical difficulty the sd card filled up but uh to broadly catch you up on what you missed out on we discussed black duck a little further and then we're talking about ducks and then our favorite duck properties and of course howard the duck came up and here we are now we are yeah Okay, so um, I don't know where we left off before the um, the the SD card yeah. filled up. Well, we will we'll check that out, but we can continue off. We can t- continue from sexual feelings. Yeah. of Howard the Duck. In case you missed it, <laughs> yeah, Katie's right. first sexual feelings was from Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, not at all. In the hot tub scene, like it wasn't. There was just something about like an anthropomorphic. Yeah, I think it, I think because it felt kind of like. Um, like removed from a human experience or something. Right. It that makes sense. Yeah, it felt a little safer. So yeah. before we started recording, uh, we were talking about how Sean needs to come back on the show and we need to do movies. Oh my God, so yeah. we have the movie. Oh. Howard yeah. the Duck is... Katie's got to come for that one too. What movie? Howard the Duck. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's okay, happening. Okay. It's we're absolutely okay, happening. Okay. It's, we it's are okay. watching that together. Okay. Um, <laughs> later. <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I uh, mean, what was your uh, your addition to this, Andrew? Oh yeah, uh, no, I was just gonna say it's like in a similar in a similar vein. I like for me it was like uh, something that was like hyper sexualized, but like I didn't know it until I knew it, and that was anime. Because like I got oh, into yeah. I got super into anime like in like you know the upper part of public school, mm-hmm. and and like I liked it because it was like robots lot of giant robots monster you know just stuff that like mm-hmm. kids that like transport you know, just like a natural evolution but then i just started noticing stuff that and not knowing like not even mm-hmm. understanding what i was noticing just being like oh, this is making me feel exactly. uncomfortable or weird funny. right now and yeah. i as an adult now it's so funny to think about it just like no you're just being like oh like andrew you little perv but like i didn't know like i wasn't even thinking that way no. it was just okay. sort of like it just kind of uh so i mean Howard yeah, the Duck is is barely it's just degrees it's shades away I from anime. I literally you know? just met you guys tonight, um, and I I feel comfortable enough sharing this with you. So that's great. That's I'm so glad nice. that we've fostered a uh, yeah a, a comfortable I, well, environment. Well, I think really that is the hidden gem in <laughs> Black Duck <laughs> Wiggle in Line that we got that we wow. Black Duck opened up so many yeah. doors oh tonight. It's yeah. crazy because I, I I've been spending this whole time thinking about like if I have anything related to that. <laughs> The only thing I can think of is like staying up late for the first little while and like getting on Bravo or Showtime, Showcase, 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 Red Shoe Diaries, Red Shoe Diaries. Well, just like I, I feel like you're old enough to appreciate Baby Blue on. Oh, Baby Blue on, C- on City, City TV. TV. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it was also like we're. I'm sorry, we're getting on serious tangents here, but I also owe my love cool. for for cinema 
to showcase because I remember I'd wa- I'd start watching these movies looking for boobs after a while, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, but then all of a sudden it'd be a really good movie. So I remember like very specifically uh, Wings of Desire, the Vim Wenders film, um, starting that and being like, it's black and white and it's German. <laughs> Here come the boobs. Yeah. And I wa- <laughs> and, and I watched the whole movie. Like I was just like I just was transfixed by it. Like. And and I got through the, like it was like three in the morning by the time the movie was over, and it's like I'd forgotten all about my quest for boobs. Yeah, man, that, that's so funny. I have a similar experience, but it is um, didn't result in anything other than just uh, well, it doesn't it doesn't result in any culture of any kind? Because <laughs> really, what it is is like I have now become a uh, cinephile of the highest regard of '80s comedy and horror. Right, but without fail. There will be boobs. Yeah, you know, like I. So it's not like I, I learned. Always boobs in eighties right. comedy, and, and in one particular case, like we watched recently, Dick. Ooh. Oh, Dick! Which yeah. sleepaway camp? Sleep oh, camp. yeah. Oh, we could get into some, Anyways, some serious talk about sleepaway camp. Just remind, we just watched sleepaway camp, and oh yeah, there's some things you just can't unsee. I've seen multiple sequels to that movie as well. Are they all as good? Uh, <laughs> hard, hard to say. Yeah, define good, but. <laughs> But anyway, I, you know, I, I don't I, I appreciate that you were searching for boobs and then got a lesson in, in cinema. And I just was like, yeah, bring on the funny. Um, but yeah. OK, so Black Duck, I <laughs> oh, think yeah, Black Duck. Yeah, check it out. I think the other funny thing is that we did touch. on. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want to remind anybody. We did touch on what this song is connected to. But we've talked about it so much that I feel like there's and tang- and gone on tangents from it that like you should listen to this because I bet you don't know the song that we're. Like when we're referring to it being like a, yeah, a a slight refix of an existing '90s dance hit, maybe you can't quite call it to mind, but look it up. Yeah, I well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying maybe. I mean, I've already forgotten. Well, also, it's it's like it's not like because we were trying to figure out if it was a um, a remix or if it was a sample, but it really just sounds like they just because they they own the track, so they just kind of just redid it. Yeah. With uh, a different female singer and some rapping. Yeah. I yeah. think, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but if you can find the Wiggle in Line Peking Crispy Club Mix, I feel like you should like get a prize. Yeah. Any sort of remix that's got the word crispy in it is yeah, peaking crispy. It's probably going to be good. Yeah. Okay. On to our, uh, I don't even know, you got to love, love it. it. Hidden Gem. Hidden. Poco. Poco. Yeah, I'll 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 let uh, Sean introduce this band because he had some knowledge going into it, and I just was like, I have no idea what this is. This sounds hilarious. The photo I, on the insert of the sleeve of the CD looks great. I'm just in. Yeah. I only just now realized that it's a horse on the front. Yeah, so that's what. Clued, as soon as I saw the picture, uh, I recognized that that's their logo. They have this horse logo. So as soon as I saw this um, this single, because there's no information on the single, like on the front cover, it's just the horse. And on the back cover, it just says promotional CD not for sale. So you have to like open it up to get to the track. Well, little do they know, it was for sale. It was for sale, yeah. And the track is Call It Love from the album Legacy. Um, and uh, we listened to the song, and then we listened to the whole album. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will say that there's something to be said about the fact that we listened to this single, and then we're like, all right, bring up the whole record, you know? We we really appreciated this single, uh, and it turns out the record very div- diverse record, not like the single at all. 
No. Yeah, I think I'm a l- slightly behind the like everybody else. Not fully as on board, but also had no idea. I feel like to some extent there was some level of familiarity with this band, and I just like it was like a total like I'm I still don't know who they are. What? Mm-hmm. But but well, the white man in you seems to be more of a '90s white man than an '80s <laughs> white man, and that's probably yeah, why you're not sure. as into it. Yeah, Midwestern uh, whiny yeah. music is kind of like my. Well, uh, I know that the band through because uh, the three of the guys from the band were in Buffalo Springfield, but they weren't. I know that they weren't Neil Young I mean, or Stephen Stills. Right. They were the other guys. Fact. Yeah. I just knew. I know that act. Yeah, right. And then the other two guys in the band. I don't know if they're on this album. Oh, I don't know George Grant, but Randy Meisner plays with the Eagles, and I don't know who George Grantham is. I don't know him. But the other guys are Buffalo Springfield and then it's, Eagles. It's safe to assume that the other guys are also in some other. Oh yeah, this uh, is total like large, studio guys. This like, is like a super. So this is kind of like a super group yeah. of. Poco is a bit of a super. A group. pop, what like an '80s pop country super group? Well, early, well, I mean, the group starts I think in the late '70s. Um, well, like Buffalo Springfield ends when, like, do you know when Buffalo Springfield ends? I think like maybe '68 or '69. Right, because yeah, because then they all go off to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, supergroup in the turn in the, in the way that like, you know, Daredevil and the Defenders, Defenders. were super. It's like yeah. okay, they no, weren't they weren't the were, birds. These guys yeah. were they were Poco. Stadiums, yeah. though. Yeah. I th- oh yeah, they were huge. Based, yeah. based they're they're rocking the stadium of my heart. I'll tell you, <laughs> I loved every second of this album. What is it a? <laughs> I just I'm trying to like I I mean I know it also it comes down to just sort of like uh, you know it's subjective and taste, yeah. Yeah. but like w- everybody else was like so in on it and I you know we're having a good time but I also you know I feel like some of it is genuine there's like a ge- Elise certainly I was feel like, like producer Elise might have some ideas she, about I just why yeah because I think Elise so was the one who really jumped on this album more than anybody even though she, producer director Elise producer director yeah. what it was, was it that spoke to you feel good music. At four beats a bar, which just chemically work <laughs> feels good in my body. It's easy to dance to. I air drummed. If you really enjoy the beat on the one and the three, this is for you, I right? I love <laughs> the one and the three. That's my favorite tempo. Uh, I just, I like it's the... It's good for snapping. It's good for grooving. It was good for sliding. Mm-hmm. I expressed my body through dance. She did. And I think she was infectious for everybody. Thank I think. you. I think that's part of it. I think, you know, because well, I'm getting a hug, which is amazing. <laughs> Uh, I think um, I think there's something to be said for uh, how how to word this. Like music brings people together. Music brings people together, and there's something to be said for your experiences with music that gives you your opinions on the music. Oh, we talk about this on the show all the time about how what you feel about a song can be colored by what you're going through when you heard the song, or like the strongest memory that you associate with this song. You know, Katie and I into fast friends. It's we were dancing. We were talking about snapping. snapping. You were we talking about snapping. You even did some snapping. It was baby making music. <laughs> some of it. Between baby yeah. making and love making. Which I, which I guess is important because I think this album has songs that are both baby making music and songs that are love making music. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused. Yeah. Totally because different. like Koji said, it is kind of all over the place. It's very much, and I think I was saying to you before that like it's very much an album that's made to try to like m- hit as many marks as possible. Like it's very trying to like make hits, you know, there's, yeah. there's the, like they, they come from like a, like a rock country rock 
band and then they then they turn into this like am radio like california uh almost yacht rock but then there's moments of like almost like hair metal you know like there's these like it sounded like Bon Jovi for a second, and then you got like some weird sort of countryish slide guitar solos, mm-hmm. and it it definitely was. It's almost like a full taste of popular music in the eighties. You got like the 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 echoey snare drum and the synth the uh, uh, the synthesizer and and all this crazy stuff. And I don't know, there's just like a I guess a nostalgia factor, and it's like one of those things that you you like sort of ironically but at the same time you're just like, you like i also like just like this yeah those are those are all very valid that that yeah that pretty much answered my question i still think there was one song that i really liked that was the closest one to like a like an almost r&b like it had oh like yeah smooth, that that tune was smooth, great yeah uh, my camera what it was called that um tune. but i definitely don't what you do know, people know maybe or something i think that uh yeah i just don't really share those I think the other thing is that what we touched on a little bit is like I feel like maybe my experience with this kind of music comes from growing up in like a like when your childhood and teenage years are in like a small town mm-hmm. or like small town Ontario and there's like a lot of ro- like the things that I wanted to be into and that I was into were not like readily available but there was like an abundance of this type of stuff right and so like my association is with not friends now mm-hmm. it's like typically the type of person that might be like i fuck this my fucking jam i'd be like yeah probably not gonna be fast friends but it all makes sense it all makes sense i i wish we had more time to drill down into the difference between baby making music and love making music because in my head i feel like i feel like baby making music is like a I, i think it's supposed to be the sexier of the two and love making is supposed to be more gentle but in my head i'm like but if you're actually trying to make a bit i don't know it just feels like there's like a weird distinction i don't know if we have time to get into it i equated poco to michael (laughs) mcdonald well it's very similar that's right that's right definitely has that and i can quickly just describe baby making versus love making please do a good baby making music could be she's she's getting up on her knees folks she's up on the couch a good drum i wish the viewers could she's drumming folks a good air drum. It's a little bit more of a power ballad, one could say. Okay. Whereas love making could be D'Angelo. Untitled. Oh, maybe D'Angelo. I got I got Bye-bye. sweaty thinking about That's it. Right. <laughs> it's telling me it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Very white, maybe. Mm. Something that really So like a little slower. Sweat. A little slower. slower. Yeah. Maybe you even smooth stop operator. Sexy so your baby making like, music is more like uh, what you run to on the treadmill almost. It's almost. But the I, f- <laughs> I would say, baby making sex versus sex sex. I've only tried one. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> baby yeah, making sex. Which one? It's to the point. <laughs> it's like let's get it on spermate me, whereas like. <laughs> This Love is like music Jesus. This is episode like is X-rated. This is your you producer director here, but folks. Maybe you do. <laughs> okay. Maybe you do. That was a that was a <laughs> lot of detail. There's nothing that I can say that can. Well, what, if, that if someone, what would you say if someone was like, define baby making music and love making music? Um, what distinctions would you make? I would say baby making meatloaf for oh. sure. Meatloaf like, is baby making music. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's very romantic. Sure. And I feel like love making music is is what you said, Andrew. Like it's like something a little bit more like juicy and like mm. something a little bit more raw. Right. Yeah. That. 
Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Meatloaf, eh? Meatloaf. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like Paradise by the Dashboard. Yeah, we're dashboard learning a lot. Like yeah. a I, get, I will do anything for love. I, I will do anything oh. for love. Is the but I won't do that. I, I feel like the next time we all go to a record show, you're leaving with very different <laughs> collection of <laughs> records yeah, than you, you normally do. Yeah. Making babies. That's the way you can't find them. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think I I could I could probably come around on this. You know, like I if this is the you gotta love it, like there's definitely elements of thi- everything that you just said. I think like as a bonding experience, this is something that mm-hmm. I could love. Like even though I complain a lot about the uh, the infamous Cottage White playlist that <sighs> Koji what? originally made as a what is joke. The, what is the Cottage White playlist? He, okay, Maybe well, you can tell us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, apparently it is a thing now on Spotify that you can access because we met somebody who was not at this cottage who listens to this playlist. <laughs> Whoa. Um, on so, Spotify. Yeah, so what it, w- it what it was was a... Um, we were sitting around a campfire and someone was like, bring a Bluetooth speaker. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Throw on some... Journey. Uh, yeah, Journey. Uh, yeah, I whatever. Dave Matthews is like the ultimate... Well, white guy playlist. So what it was like, I started. I it was. Is it called Cozy Cottage? Cody, what coach? Cozy White Cottage? No, no. Um, (laughs) and so essentially, what it was was just like songs that that universally make white people go crazy and like want to sing along or are cottage friendly. So like, um, I'm trying to remember. Journey was on there. Like I think Ants Marching. But uh, tragically, hip has to be on there somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. But was it a playlist that was made by a white person for other white people? Well, it like, was made like a joke. It was made by me <laughs> at oh, first. Okay, I uh, Andrew was there, partially and white. A, a couple of our other friends were there, and, and like I was throwing out answers ironically. It was made by like the least white people. Yeah, I was throwing out answers ironically. We made by this. We made this playlist, and then other people who were there who didn't really find it all that ironic started adding other songs and then for the rest of the weekend that's all we listened yeah. to because the majority of people end up like loving it like yeah they were just like, like shit. these yeah. are my jams yeah <laughs> it got a lot of momentum and and uh and i will say that it, it has a lot of similarities in that it's like you know with m- the very few exceptions it's not like i hate the music because i'm mm-hmm. like at a point right now where there's very little music that i actively hate mm-hmm. Um, but I would not own any, like, no. you know, I would recognize it immediately, but I'm not like the type of person that would be like, oh, I can't wait to like put on Freebird in the car on the right. drive and like sing it. Like I love, there's parts of that that I like, sure. and certainly when I'm with a group of people, but, yeah. and it was like, all the songs were like that. It's, and this kind true. of reminded me of something like it would belong or it would fit in on that playlist. Yeah. Poco is kind of, I'm not a, really that big a fan of Poco. Like, I have one of their first albums, which is pretty fun. Yeah, because like I said, when they started, they came from like these kind of rock, country rock Super bands. So it was kind of like Super group. it was a little it's a little cooler if, if you like that kind of country rock vibe. Um, sure. And it's kind of kind of jammy in a nice way. And anyways, it's 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 a good listen. But then I think they just want they just wanted to make some money. Right. Mm-hmm. And they so they started writing very much like pop hits and like this album. I feel like if you wanted to know what was popular on the radio in 1989 within like many genres, I think you could put this album on and be like, okay, I kind of get 1989 popular radio, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of variety. I don't know if I would listen to it again <laughs> myself. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, but you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would, 
Koji added it to his list when no. we were, when when uh, I, I need when to Elise was putting dinner together. I need I to discern whether or not I actually enjoyed it or I just yeah. enjoyed the atmosphere in which I was listening I th- to it. I think I just enjoyed the atmosphere, like walking into a room and meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Um, Dancing, and it's music you can kind of yeah, it's music you can kind of lower your inhibitions to with new people, exactly, you know. Exactly, but I don't know if I would like I I actually don't I didn't remember the name of the song until I looked down again. Right, and read it. That's a good so point. So it hasn't really stuck with me. That is that is a very interesting. And I think we have kind of briefly touched on this before. I think one thing that I have uh, learned, or almost like a like I've developed a taste for, is like when you. Uh, don't lose that um, thirst for discovery, like of new music, and you kind of—I don't want to say like stop, stop growing, but like your taste kind of like crystallizes. One thing that like I find is there's lots of stuff that I love that is just super inaccessible, and like the path that it took me years of listening to this and then this and then this artist and then this artist to get to this mm-hmm. point where like there might be like some weirdly obscure like German ambient minimal techno artist where I'm like this is fucking brilliant for these reasons but like if I just played it if I that was playing when you came in I mean I'm not I don't want to say that you wouldn't be into it because maybe you would but I just mean like that it we don't have the same the, experience with yeah, it yeah you might totally it changes the dynamic whereas in something like this is like the bar for it's bonding more accessible too right yeah it's yes. just like yeah you it's can informal. you can instantly yeah it's also yeah. like yeah making music it's baby some of it and then some of it's love making music yeah anyways that's <laughs> nice <laughs> but it's, it's really just a romantic album well it's got all the right it's got all the parts for like a hit and it, it seems like there i mean I, maybe i'm harping on the point but like that's one thing i really every song i feel like there's like a real drive to make a type of song and a type of hit and whether or not I'm saying that with knowledge of the time period that I can say all music sounded like this at a time. And if they would have actually consciously thought that back then, I don't know. But um, and normally I kind of push away from that stuff. Um, but, it, you know, like we were saying, it just was like a fun listen. Yeah. 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 I think I mean, yeah, check it out. I mean, should we? D- what I don't. I also don't remember what was the legacy. Was the name of the album? The right? album's the called Legacy. Album? Yeah, Might, I I would recommend that somebody look up the album le- rather than this single track because I would say that when everybody's like, "Let's cue up the album," I was like, ah, "Okay," and then we mm-hmm. did it. But there was some. There were songs on the album where I was like, oh, "Okay, I give me another chance with this," and you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm down. Mm-hmm. So it give it gives you a little more like the full breadth of like maybe what they were going for like which yeah. was making a hit of every type yeah. of music that was popular at that time yeah they're, they're very much like you said uh like chicago you know yeah. they release an album which is every a band year. that i love yeah well i haven't listened to any of their albums that they made since i don't know like three or something right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the old ones i love the same idea you know they just they pump out albums that and poco's the same way they're just like they're album making machines and i don't yeah. know if they're still around poco I'm surprised I haven't come across it more frequently in the like, you know, random used record bins. Well, yeah. n- look for that that logo, logo now, now, that horse yeah. logo, and I, I, I guarantee to you're gonna see it in everywhere. cheap bins yeah. everywhere. What is their big hit? Poco's big hit because I know that they had, they must have had one really big, at least one really big hit, right? Yeah, if but they, I if can't they were around for that long. Yeah, they, there's a reason why they're from the late '60s until at least 1989. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. There it must be something. 
Um, I don't know. Let me. I'm gonna cheat and look it up because I can't. There's a weird. Uh, the other thing is that before call I knew call it love is kind of the first one. Call uh, it love. I don't know. I'd have to play it. That immediately made me think of Show Me Love for some reason in my head. The, I was like, oh, is that that song? Oh, no, it's not. It's it's not. Yeah, you might be disappointed. Uh, there's a lot of artists that have a name that's P-O consonant O. And when you first were like Poco, I was like, oh, like I thought of Pogo who made those like Disney. Oh, yeah. Those Disney like <laughs> chopped up beats or like Pomo who's like a, I think Canadian, I think Montreal based like beat maker they're just all of these and i was like oh this is going to be good but i didn't want to say anything in case like you were wrong yeah and yeah. then i was so <laughs> wrong like i could not have been more wrong about how it sounded so crazy love seems to be their biggest hit on spotify i don't know if this is the type of thing where i can play a few seconds of it or no, yeah but whatever anyways, you know um come sue me poco let me see. come at me Neither do I. It's just, it's just, it must have been on a show or something. Cause but again, I. That is baby making music right there. <laughs> I feel like I that's their bread and butter. Yeah, totally. What's that beat? That's got a nice little groove. Open oh, them. I don't know this song. I'm just gonna stop it because I. Not, that's their. That's like six million plays. That song. It must have been in a TV show. I, or something. I want to know it. Because. I don't know, because then <laughs> Call It Love is the one that was on. Oh, I know this song. Right. This. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This feels like it was in one of those 80s movies you love, Koji. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm I'm more into Poco. There, Andrew. I'm just going to pause it. I'm gonna our, our party next weekend is just going to be all Poco all the time. <laughs> that's not even no. really fit the Poco theme. The but. I like how you're just like, no. Uh-uh. It's not even trying. Uh-uh. It's not happening. All right. Well, <laughs> I think the we've come to the part of the show where we now give you, the listener, some recommendations for the show. Uh, we like to end every show. Normally, people send us recommendations for you know good things and bad things and what have you, and then we end the show giving them recommendations for things that we've enjoyed in the past while since our last recording. So I'll give you guys a couple minutes to mull that over, maybe. And in the meantime, Andrew, do you have a recommendation for us? I do. I was just trying to... I just came out, but I was just trying to figure out if it was actually... Um, I Keeping in the theme of music and not German, but weird uh, electronic music, The there's an artist who goes by Floating Points. You guys familiar oh, yeah, with yeah. Floating Points? Yeah. Um, just put out a new record called Crush, I think last week or the week before, maybe. Cool. Very recently. Um and it, I have been listening to it so much. It's really good. If you like, I feel like, I don't know if it was criticism, but I was reading online on like, you know, some review site, whether it was like Pitchfork or Accelerator or something, but uh, like drawing a lot of comparisons to like Aphex Twin and. Um, but a know, little more of, of the O-Tecra. ambient side of that, right? Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Like this album has a lot of, uh, I feel like it's more of an album maybe than I was expecting. Like there's like songs as opposed to just like, like noises with occasional melodies. Right. It's like the opposite. It's like, there's like a lot of like fully structured, like electronic, like electronica songs where there's like an actual form to the song instead of just like noises or just a consistent beat punctuated by bursts of like chaotic, like experimental, like, uh, you know, Aphex twin, like, audio seizures right. um 
but it's overall i don't know it's like there, there's just something about it that feels like like maybe just warmer than i was expecting and it's just like been a nice like um you know either i'm doing work or we're like painting or something like that and just like putting it on uh, like headphone music like it's just like a really um yeah it's a really good album and all of the videos have had kind of like cool um it's been releasing just sort of like youtube loops but they're all like uh like marbling like paint like like ink marbling or like weird light shows and it's just like it feels like a very well uh um I'm a sucker for things that are sort of like thematically contained. Like the whole package is really good. Like sick album art, music is great, videos are great. Maybe the tour's got like a t you know like everything kind of like fits together. I love that kind of stuff, and it just has that kind of that kind of vibe. So I would definitely recommend um, if you're remotely into like electronic music or like weird kind of weird experimental stuff that you check out the new Floating Points record, which is called Crush. Cool, I will. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan. I really like their first album or the last album. Anyways, sorry. No, no problem. My recommendation for the for the show is um, I just finally caught up and finished uh, Invincible. Oh yeah, the comic series, the Robert Robert Kirkman comic series. If you guys are familiar with The Walking Dead, this guy is uh, the creator of The Walking Dead. Also created this uh, superhero called Invincible, but it is kind of a play on more of a commentary on superheroes and superhero comics and uh it recently somewhat recently in the within the last year anyways finished and i read the last of the arc and uh very well done i think it's worth checking out i think they're making a, a tv show out of it i want to yeah, say it's been optioned for something i don't really remember what that is um so if you like uh you know, maybe like uh, if you've watched The Boys on Amazon or one of these other uh, types of TV shows that have a sort of uh, uh, interesting take on the superhero genre, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Also, if you like comics, cool. uh, yeah, it, it is really good. I've only read the first omnibus, yeah, which is a lot. It's like fucking like five hundred pages of comic, but yeah it's i don't know i mean he has a knack for just writing things that are like f they run for like 500 issues like all of his stories are like i don't know how he does it he just is like oh yeah i've got like three comics on the go that are all like the longest running comics yeah. of all time but um i think it the other yeah it's just like it's good it, it would it'd be funny if you are kind of s not skeptical but like you're over superheroes you yeah know, you have superhero fatigue and you're just like ah. i totally have that yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is maybe the comic for you then because I, it definitely ha it, there's commentary about how silly it, it all is um, while also being silly itself. Uh, do you guys have some recommendations for us? You got anything? Um, yeah. So last night, Sean and I watched the movie Boyhood, which right. I originally saw in the theaters when it came out in 2014. Um, and at the time, it it basically blew my mind. Um, and then I've been telling Sean that we should watch it for about, I don't know, I guess few since months. we met. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, just rewatching it, um, just made me, made me realize what an epic film it is. And, um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing it and checking it out. Mm -hmm. And if you have, watch it again. Ethan Hawke and, uh, Ethan Hawk, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. 
It is it is it Linklater who? Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 And it takes place over. It's filmed over twelve years, I believe, from two thousand one mm-hmm. until two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. This was my first time seeing it last night, and it's kind of. Um, it's hard to describe. It's just like a. It's it's a type of film that people don't make now because there's no budget to make those films. So <laughs> Richard Linklater was lucky enough to get uh, hooked up with. Uh, I think it was. Um, IFC. IFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like blindly gave him the money every year to film mm-hmm. $200,000 a year for for 12, 12 years. years to film this movie. And it's, and it's, you'll never see anything like it. You know, it's, um, it's really interesting and it's very kind of a simple story of just following this, like this child, this boy's, uh, life from His eight, eight, yeah, boyhood yeah. until he goes off to college and, and Patricia Arquette steals the show. She's, she's brilliant. And she won an Academy Award for it, I think. So, um, tangentially related to that, yeah, what you're talking about, films like that not being made anymore. There is a, if you, if anybody here is a fan of other podcasts, but there was a recent episode of the Bill Simmons podcast, which is my favorite non you gotta love it podcast <laughs> that I listen to. Just kidding, I don't listen to our own podcast. Um, <laughs> but wait, Edward Norton is the guest. Have you did you listen to that one, Coach? I have. Uh, and they talk about it's about he's promoting motherless Brooklyn, right. but they talk a lot about that very thing. Um, because they're using, I think, uh, rounders as an example. Oh yeah. And, but he's talking about like how making films has changed. And they talk about how they both, both Bill Simmons and Edward, Edward Norton feel that there is going to be that we're entering like a new golden age where be- because of streaming, it's actually going to open up new, pathways for filmmakers like link later like just like people who maybe are interested in doing more like uh like kind of independent or or experimental or like you know auteur film it will they'll have an avenue to do it because um a lot of these just the the way that the platforms are built it's like these studios kind of have they're like okay like yeah sure like seems promising you know it's not there isn't as much invested in um you know this has to work so like we're only going to make it a superhero movie mm-hmm. like there's there's a little bit room more room for because of the way they get the returns for them to like start experimenting with some of the stuff anyway it was very interesting cool. so that's another recommendation if you want to check that out if you're right. interested in that kind of thing um what's your record well i would like somewhat similar to um what katie's talking about we watched boyhood on this um streaming site called canopy and i'd really like to push that uh, canopy is a streaming site that all you need for it is a library card and y- you get eight free movie watch movie watchings <laughs> screenings uh, a month but the thing about it it really um it's something i find is missing from streaming sites as someone who is uh someone who used to go to who really enjoyed going to movie shops and like really digging into things like uh, uh, from film history like Criterion Collection or uh, Kino Lorber or something these kind of um, where you kind of like the the brand you know the you know Criterion's gonna be interesting and you can yeah. use that as jumping off points uh, sure. but Netflix Crave uh, they don't really that's not they don't that doesn't make them any money I guess or they just don't or maybe they just don't care to get that stuff so I feel like there's been a lot lacking in like in learning about film history mm-hmm. and canopy picks up that um, there's, they've got lots of 
films from Criterion and Kino Lorber, but they've also got lots of uh, even Canadian films or documentaries or it's kind of basically the pl- all the stuff that you want Netflix and Crave to have, but they don't have Canopy has. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the fact that it's free is just like the icing on the cake. That sounds or, great. Or the cherry on top. Canopy with a K. Canopy, Canopy with a K. With a K. Uh, uh, and then get your library NFB? card. Is there any NFB action on there? That's a good question. I haven't looked, but probably. They do have a Canadian section, so I bet you there's some NFB do, stuff in there. Do you remember when the NFB was on the corner? Oh, of, my uh, God. John and John and, Yeah, Richmond. John and Richmond, and you could just walk in and like l- and sit in those chairs. Viewing with the, stations? Yeah, there's like viewing stations. That was really cool. I'm a, I don't... I mean, I honestly, I haven't done any research. I don't know if that still exists somewhere no. else now in the city. I don't think so. But... For a while, you could screen everything online. Like they yeah. have their whole library on their website. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's that still a thing or not. That probably makes more sense for them, mm-hmm. or for where like for well, like maybe in for them. But I just feel like it would be amazing to just be able to walk into yeah like a storefront it's a, and it's sit such down a on cool part of. Uh, I mean, I I really was introduced to it through school, um, and animation, and a lot of like the sort of Canadian animation that was happening on you know it was being done through national film board but like um yeah i don't know i feel like that's sort of like an area of like canadian history that uh there should be a little bit more interest in more more yeah. or something more more behind it like it should be sure. elevated more because there's some really cool stuff and there, and there's that weird stigma about canadian films that yeah. That it's that it's not good. <laughs> well, apparently, know? no one has seen the movie Cube. Then Cube, yeah. What a fucking great Canadian film. It's a, that's <laughs> a that's a that's a mind fuck. Coat the first thing that you said in like the last like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I think of when I think of Canadian film for some yeah, reason. Yeah, Cube. That was a weird film. Yeah, little eighties, nineties horror. Oh yeah, we watched. I'm sorry, we we're just gonna keep going, but we rewatched The Fly, the which is Canadian David Cronenberg film. Toronto. The Goldblum one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what a great film, and it opens at the AGO in Walker Court, where mm-hmm. I was today. <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, l- well, let's think. Let's. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do for our next. I mean, I feel like your episode is now all filled out. We have Howard the Duck and the Fly. Oh my God! Just there was another ready one for there. you to go. Well, what was the other uh, one? Well, Sleepaway camp. Uh, our episode. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely having Katie on for the Howard du- the Duck. Of course. Yeah. Please, but I'm gonna. Yeah. Because we, we need I'm to find have out. To try and keep myself. Focused. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta keep it. We gotta keep it PG. This episode wasn't really PG. I'm, I apologize for making for like turning it. No, away from don't PG apologize. Territory. If anything, a producer at least should apologize <laughs> for her graphic, <laughs> her graphic description of the difference between baby making music and love making music. Not sorry. Okay. She's not sorry. <laughs> and the unedited, like the the the. the uh, anyways, <laughs> we don't want to talk about the part that didn't so, make the cut. <laughs> yeah, we'll save. Yeah, we'll save that for. Uh, we'll do a special episode that's like high, like uh, cut. Yeah, the off cut, the cutting room cut, floor. Yeah, cutting mat- <laughs> cut material. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us to talk about uh, some stuff that you didn't know you were getting into. Check out, check out the podcast, Chip, Chip Chat. Chat. Check out Chip Chat, season two, coming soon. Ch- find it where you find all your podcasts. I clearly have not plugged this before. You did great. Um, but yeah, we're on Spotify and iTunes. you get your podcast. iTunes. Yeah, wherever yeah. good podcasts yeah. are found. And what uh, do you what, what do you have going on? You get playing well, any shows coming up? Yeah, um, 
uh, I don't know when you're going to air this, but um, I think the, the the big thing is we're DJing at Donut uh, Dust. DJ, DJ Donut Dust, which <laughs> is me and Katie. Uh, we're DJing at, um, it was originally our... Um, our band name, our, uh, our Kraut Rock. Our fake Kraut Rock band name. Mm-hmm. Well, not there fake, is a lot. It's not real yet. <laughs> There's some, some interesting background behind yes, this. Yes, it, it'll be a real band someday. Anyways, um, <laughs> but well, this will be our second night second time DJing we're not DJs but we have pretty good taste in music and we have some records at least we think so we think so well we got invited back so yeah I'm in so and we're gonna be so that's that's uh November Wednesday November 27th at Little Jerry Mm -hmm. um, which is on college just east of Bathurst yeah and we'll be spinning basically just songs that make us happy because we feel like we're getting into the seasonal affective disorder season. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So we're going to be spinning like power pop, sunshine Dream pop, pop. Uh, baroque soul, pop, baroque pop. There might be some baroque pop in there. Is there going to be any poco though? Uh, well, you I do have well, that maybe album. now. If we know if <laughs> yeah. we know that you're going to be there, then we'll definitely oh my God, yeah. make sure that poco Keep it makes in your back it. Pocket. You guys should come. Yeah. There That'd we go. Well, yeah, and get the album Topaz, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I also make albums. Sean, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean William Clark. Look it up on your favorite spotting. Yeah, <laughs> listen, to pod- listen, to, listen to a podcast. Listen to some music. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep loving it. 